Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Amen. So I want us to take the words of Jesus seriously. And you know, I know that we are going to go into a holiday season. You know, you know it's only in South Africa that December is like the whole month. Mercy. I've come to also learn it because I've been here for too long not to be part of it. So my mind is like December, everything shuts down. Do you get it? But when you stay with people for a long time, you get influence, whether you like it or want it. Do you get it? So in my mind, December is like it's a shutdown month. But what I want us to do is to spend more time in the Word. To spend more time in the Word. Yes, there will be family obligations and all those things. But you see, Satan doesn't go on break. You see, you say you are shutting down in December, you want to rest. from But Satan is busy working. And the work that he does against you in December would work in June. It will continue to affect you in June. It's not like because he did it in the month when everybody was resting, it will only work for that month. No. Whatever he accomplishes against you in December is going to run. Some of them will run for years. So it is important for us to spend time do you get it? Reading the word, because the truth is that most of us don't read it. But you see, Paul, in, I think, 1 Timothy chapter 4, he would advise Timothy. Is it 1 Timothy chapter 4? Yes. It says, 1 Timothy 4, 13. It says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation and to doctrine. Now, I want to read it in another version. 1 Timothy Four thirteen. It says, "So until I come, there's a there's a, a version called the Passion Translation. Nothing is working. Okay, the screen is working. Do you have another translation? There's a translation called the Passion Translation. It says it very nicely." It says, so until I come, be diligent. Be diligent. In other words, be persistent, be relentless in devouring the word of God. You don't have the Passion Translation. Who, who has a passion translation here? Anybody with a passion, passion translation? The passion translation? Any of you, those of you with electronic gadgets? You have it? Read it loud, loud because they may think that I've updated the Bible and I'm reading it. <laughs> and I'm calling it another translation. So we didn't come from home together, did we? I say, oh, these, these bishops, I know them. They are, they are, they are smart. Okay. So it says, until I come. 
Be diligent. In other words, be persistent. Be persistent. Be relentless. Be dedicated to solve a problem. Whatever problem is there, that is why you can't read the word. He said, overcome it. Overcome it and read it. Because, you see, the word is the power of God. The word of God is the power of God. You know, one day I was praying, and I believe it's the Spirit of the Lord telling me, he said, don't neglect the supernatural aspect of my word. And the reason, I felt the reason is that, you see, I try to be very good at explaining the word. Do you get it? Explaining the word. But what I was hearing myself being told is that it's not everything you can explain. And that there's a power or there's a component that is against your logic or your understanding. So just remember that. So, so it's because, you know, sometimes if I can't explain, I won't talk about it until I understand it to explain. But it's, it's more like, talk about everything you need to talk about. Mm. And you don't have to explain everything. Mm. Amen. Because, you see, to, to explain is to, it's like to understand how it will work. Mm. So as I'm telling you that, read the word of God. I would love to explain to you Step one, when you read the word of God, it will remove this demon. It will bring this angel. You know, I would like to. I, I, don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. But I, look, I, some of the things I can't explain to you. But what I know, what I know is that everybody who gives themselves to the word of God, whether you understand it or you don't understand it, it affects you. I'm telling you. Some of the things that are fighting your life, they are fighting your life because what will fight them is not in your life, which is the word of God. Because remember that God said that my word will not return unto me void. In other words, it will not come back to me without doing what it was sent to do. Are you with me? I don't know why I'm emphasizing on reading the word, but I feel strongly that the Lord is telling somebody here that you have cried, you have done all the things about many things, but the word is what you need in you. And every demonic, every yoke of the enemy will be broken out of your life. Hallelujah. Believe it. Believe it. The word. The word of God. Don't, Don't bother to understand. Look, for years I read the Bible, I didn't understand it. But one day I realized that ah, something has changed in me. Mm. All of a sudden, when I read and explain, you know, like you read, mm. then you explain it the way you have understood it. When you check other commentators, Bible scholars, they are saying the same thing that you are saying. They are saying the same thing. I say, but how did it happen? Because here I was, I didn't understand the word. I didn't, when I read it, I didn't even know what it was saying. That all of a sudden, I wake up one morning and I find out that ah, when I read, I understand. And I didn't go to any school, like to say that we had evening classes where they say when you see the word, this is the logos of it, this is the rhema of it, and those type of uh, they they call uh, homiletics. Is it? I don't even know how to pronounce it. But it's something letics. <laughs> Do you get it? Homiletics. I mean, like these Bible school things. I didn't go to Bible school. I went to medical school. They taught me about the head, the muscles, the skin, the different attachments and things, the different holes from where the nerves come, and what is all. That's what they taught me. They get it. But somehow I realized that. And I could also feel and realize that as a person, the more I read the word, the more things. Even my thinking begins to change. My, like, certain things about me that I don't like begin to change. 
It's like all of a sudden, you see the wrong of it and you don't hold on to it. So, so like all of a sudden, you say, oh, I'm like this. They say, no, I'm not like that anymore. You don't claim it. As for me, I don't take nonsense. Now, as for me, I take everything. <laughs> Do you get it? I take everything. Nonsense, not so nonsense. Since I just say I take it. Because the word of God has a power that changes you. And let me tell you something. Most of us, the reason why Satan would have advantage over us has to do with the way we are. So once the way we are is changed, Satan's power over us in that area changes. Once, once the way we are changes, Satan's power over us changes. And I can see, you know, I can see myself, the gross change, like big changes. That is like, oh, this thing is not a problem. Meanwhile, some time ago, it would have been a problem. Why do you say that? What were you thinking? I mean, how can you think such of me? Now, it's a problem. If that is your thought of me, that's your thought of me. Do you, do you get it? So, I mean, this is the place of the word. And the Bible is saying that, till I come, make or be diligent in devouring my word or in devouring the word. In other words, your effort to read the word is not going to be met unopposed. You see, whenever diligence is demanded, it means there's opposition. It means there's obstructions. It means there's hindrances. Diligence never comes into play until there is something to oppose what you have intended to do. So you see, as you sit there and you are not reading the Bible, and you say, oh, it's because of this, it's because of this. What you are actually saying is that I'm not diligent. I'm not diligent. I'm not diligent. That's what you are saying. Because a diligent person has problems. A diligent person has oppositions. A, dif- a diligent person has difficulties. You see, the presence of diligence is a testimony that there is a difficulty. So, you see, and, and some of us who we easily accept the excuse that oh, it's, it's the weather. No. Is, is the weather because you have decided to accept the weather? Mm. Is this, is that, it's cold. Yes, it's cold. And it will be cold for everybody. But the diligent persons are, it is cold, but there's something that can overcome the cold, which is wear thermal and warm the room up so that like, the room can feel warm for me. At this my small room can feel warm so that my body can wake up to go and read. Oh, Bishop, it's not me. I sleep late. What do you do sleeping late? A diligent person will say, there's a movie that I want to watch, but there's also a word that I need to read, and I need to wake up early to read. So I'm of, I, even though I want to watch the movie, I'm going to intentionally sleep. Hallelujah. Amen. No, it's, it's very important because, you see, and my pain... My pain is that I see people who can become significant in God's kingdom, significant in this life, be a blessing unto so many people that don't just do it because they have not given themselves to be diligent. Otherwise, everything is prepared. Everything is prepared. 
Remember that for you to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something has happened. Oh, yes, yes. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 6, I think verse 30 something, that the person who will come to me is the one that has been taught by my father. Let's read it. I want to show you something. So you see, when you, go, when, you, when you hear about Jesus and you go to Jesus without you knowing, you see, without you knowing, you have had a teaching session with God. I want to change my trans... Okay, let me just... John 6... The verse 44 says that no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. There's there's a portion that says that except the father has taught him. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught, and they shall be taught of God. Yes, that's what, I'm, I'm at the same place, but I, you see, it is written, verse 45, it is written in the prophets, that is in the Isaiah and all those things, and they shall be taught of God. Every man. They shall be every man, therefore, that has heard and had learned of the Father, cometh to me. I don't know if you understand what, what, what he's saying. That the people that come to Jesus, including you, what Jesus is saying is that you didn't just come. You see, you think you just came. But Jesus said you didn't just come. You have had a spiritual interaction with the God that you have not seen. That is why your heart was ready to receive Jesus. It's not a preacher's word. There are times where I go, I have a meeting. I don't say a word. I don't preach. I just do an altar call and people come. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. There are times in Pretoria when I was in Apache, many times, many times, when I mount the stage, I just do an altar call. Because it's not me, and it has never been me. It's, it, listen, it's not any preacher. It's not whatever I'm saying to you now. It's, you are hearing my voice, but it's not, it's not me. It's the spirit of the Lord that is. Because as I was coming, I had, I had in mind, I'm, I'm teaching on he that has. So I, the next point I told you last week, I'm coming to talk about knowledge. But I've not even started the knowledge. <laughs> and you are preaching. And we are receiving. Are you getting my point? I've not even started the knowledge. But as I am spiritually led, I'm emphasizing what the Lord believes is important for you and me. Amen. And, and you know, for, for those of us who can read, Please, let, 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 it, let, it, let, let us read. Are you with me? So, so as you are there, God has found you, has loved you, and has taught you by himself. It's, that, that's what the Bible is saying. Unless I'm saying it wrong. Maybe let's see what, the, I don't know what the passion will say. 
What does a passion say? But he said, no man can come to me except the Father, which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at that day, at the last day. It is written in the prophet, and they shall be taught of God, and they, the people, shall be taught of God. From that prophecy, it means that every man, therefore, every man, therefore, or therefore, every man, that hath heard and learned of the Father cometh unto me. So as you come to Jesus, the Bible is saying that God has drawn you to him by teaching you that this is the person, this is the way. So if God has done this for you, it means that he has also prepared everything that would make your life great. You must believe it and walk in it. And I want you, you see, don't look at yourself in your own eyes. Look at yourself in the eyes of God. I said, look at yourself in the eyes of God. What does God say of me? When God looks at me, what has he been seeing? Because he will say what he sees of me. Because if you look at yourself in your own eyes, obviously you will not see anything nice. I mean, some of you, you don't like the mirror because you don't like what it tells you. <laughs> How many here like the mirror? <laughs> the only time you want the mirror is when you have worn a dress. to see how the dress is looking or when you are trying to cover up things. <laughs> you get it? But when you are naked standing in front of the mirror, say, oh, really? <laughs> it's like, seriously? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So listen. Let us make every effort to spend time in the Word of God. It will, it will lift us up. It will do only what His Word can do. And remember that Jesus, even before Jesus said it, Moses said that man shall not live by bread alone. It is, it's, it's interesting that it said, it is not man shall not live by bread, but man shall not live by bread alone. Because especially now that you are born again, bread is for your flesh. The word is for your spirit. To eat bread and not to eat the word is to attend to your flesh. And to neglect your spirit which is the gift of God or which is the grace of God in you the portion of God in you is his, your spirit because when your spirit is reborn the Bible says that that which is born of the spirit is spirit so the reborn spirit of yours is the child of the Holy Spirit the reborn spirit of yours is a child of the Holy Spirit is the work of the Holy Spirit to neglect it is to neglect what God has done in you but how can you neglect what God has done in you and expect God to prosper you I don't know if you understand what I'm saying that here God loves you are you listening they get it. Because you see, the reason why I'm saying this is that unless you understand the logics involved, you'll be doing the wrong thing and expecting to get the right answer. And not that you couldn't have done the right thing, but you were made, you didn't know that you were doing the wrong thing. Have you ever written an exam that 
You didn't know the question, that what was being asked. Even though you knew it, you didn't know that that's what they wanted. And because of that, they gave you zero. <laughs> I hope you're understanding me. So let, let's, let's, we are rational beings. Let's look at it. You say you are born again. First of all, for you to be born again, God has found you. You didn't find him. He has found you and arranged to teach you to know what you need to know so that he can direct you to where he wants you to go. That is Jesus. Now you come to Jesus, you receive him, you believe in him, you get born again. In other words, your spirit is reborn by the work of the Holy Spirit. And then you, the next step is you neglect what God has put in you. And then you are asking him for other things. When what he has put in you, for you to attend to, you neglect it. And then you are coming to ask him for other things. I don't know how you feel if you were God. Not how you will feel, how you feel now, now, if you were God. So, how can you, you see, what it is, uh, so it's like neglecting reading the word through many reasons makes sense to you. But the, the act of the act of neglecting the word is neglecting what is it's almost like what is mo, what is most important to God is so unimportant to you that you allow anything to stop you from attending to it. I don't know. I don't know if you understand it because it's like we, we allow anything, anything. And then we are expecting God to be there for us. I mean, the very act itself is insulting. The very act that what I have come to give you, you allow it to stay unattended, non-developing, non-growing. And then you come and you are asking me for other things. I don't know. Wow. Is, it, is, it, is there any wonder that our prayers are not answered? Mm. Why, why should, think about it. Why should you answer? I've given you this. And mind you, mind you, for you to have what you have, I said for you to have what you have, mm. that I have given you, this is what it took. This is what it took. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Who taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and became a man. It says, and being found in a fashion in a form of a man, or being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even, even, even. You see, in the death, there are ranks. Yes, they, are, they, are, they are, I mean, respectful way of dying. Yes, and he chose the most humiliating way of dying. Even the death on the cross. Now, you see, this is what it cost him to give you what he has given you. How much, I mean, how more do you want to insult him when you neglect? How else can you insult him worse than what you are doing? Because it's not like he gave us something that came to him at no cost. Is it because we don't know what it means to be like us? Are you getting my point? That's why we don't even understand 
the meaning of Christ becoming in the form of the flesh. You see, we see ourselves like, yeah, okay, yeah. But think about it, that here you are, and you are being asked to be a fly. Even a fly is nice. <laughs> what do you want to be? That is horrible. A worm. A worm, where, wherever you are, is filth. In fact, filth is, filth is what makes you grow. Is that what you, would you, think about it. That's what Jesus had to be by reducing himself to our form. Just so that you and I can have a new spirit, a reborn spirit. That's, that's, that's what it Because there's no way the Holy Spirit would have come to work in us if our sins were still up and running. So for your sins and for my sins, a blood that is not sinful, having lived, you see, if Jesus had come and stayed to heaven to die on the cross, Satan would say, oh no, it's not fair. But you see, Jesus came, lived here, and defeated Satan. He said, I can be here without sin. Because the, 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 the worth of Jesus is his sinlessness. Because it's only, it's only the sinless blood that can pay for a sinful blood, yeah. a sinful life. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Because if Jesus had sinned, his blood would have paid for his sins. He could not save us. So he had to prove to Satan that I can save them and I'll live here without sin. And therefore, this is what we have. Sometimes, you see, we are so concerned about the money we need to buy a house, the money we need to buy a dress, the money we need to buy that. We don't know how much it has cost Jesus and God to give to us a new spirit. And then we neglect it. And then we go back to God and say, God, please, can I have a husband? And he said, I've been talking to you for the past five years. And Lord, Lord, listen, I need you to do something. Change my husband. Or change my wife. I don't know why people pray those prayers. Why don't you pray, at least since you are the one praying, why don't you pray for your change? <laughs> eh? Change my wife. Change my husband. You must change. You must change. And you will fit nicely to your husband. Yeah, you are the one praying, so pray for yourself. Do I ask you to pray for me? Hallelujah. So I believe that, I mean, I feel strongly that the Lord is speaking something to some, some of us. And you see, the trait of diligence, the trait of diligence is what will make us do what is pleasing to God. Let me tell you something. To, 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 to love and to care for what God has given you would make God give you more things. Mm. To love and to care for what God has given you would make God, sorry, give you more things. You don't, you see, you didn't have to pray for him to give you a reborn spirit. He found you. He taught you. He led you to Jesus. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father, not except the man draws himself. Your drawing to Jesus is God at work. Amen. Now, having done all this for you, how do you, what, what makes you think he will neglect you? 
So why, why, why have you allowed your concerns to neglect what he has given you? And what, you see, whatever you are saying, that you know, this is, it's just an excuse. A little bit of diligence would make, because the people who have not neglected their spirits also have all the problems you have. In fact, some of them, they have, their problems are even a super size. It's an upgrade of your problem. If they got your problem, they will say they don't have a problem. Yeah, because you, you're concerned. What you are concerned about? It's not money for food. That's not your concern. That's not your concern. Let, let's be honest here. Most of us, the problem is not food. I said most of us, the problem is not food. Some of us may have challenge with money for food. But most of us sit here, the problem is not food. I mean, tell me the problem is food. Most of us, the problem is not food. A few of us may have challenge with food, but for majority of us, the problem is not food. So a problem that doesn't need to be an issue, you are allowing it to stop you, or you are allowing it to make you tell God nonsense. Yeah, we want things you, you say, my, your spirit, my spirit. Look, I'm asking you, give me this, give me a house, give me a car. I need three cars, I need this, give me that. What else do you want? I don't know what you want. Me, I don't want anything. I just want life. (laughs) To be honest with you, if you ask me, I don't want anything. I want life. That's all I desire from God. Give me life. Don't take me early. Don't take me before my time. Let my days be fulfilled and give me a bit extra to do a little bit more whilst I'm here on this earth. That's that's all I'm asking God for. Give me life. A car. How many cars can I drive in a year? Or rather, how many cars can I drive at a time? So if what I have is driving, what's my problem? Oh, you know, you need to have different cars. The big ones, the small ones. Powerful. Powerful. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem if in having them, they will make me neglect what God has given to me. I don't have a problem. But if in following them, it's going to make me neglect what God has given to me, that is where the problem is. Because, because I need God to be on my side. I need him, I need his favor on my side because there's a Satan who takes no nonsense. It doesn't matter whether you disturb him or not. So I need God in my boat all the time. And because of that, I'd rather give up everything and have him than to have everything and not have him. That's even if I can get everything. Most of us can't get everything. Most people don't get everything. I mean, without God, you don't get everything. Yeah, it may look as if you have gotten everything. That's those who manage to get something. But at the end, in the closing scene, like the last, sta- the last scene of, this, of your stage of your life, you discover that you have nothing. Because it is when death comes that you discover that, hey, I'm going out of this world. I, I wish I could meet somebody who is dead and like is, is gone out and say, Charlie, what did you go with? Mm. And you discover that they go with nothing. They go with nothing. They say, oh no, they leave it for their children. Please. Your child who will spend your life who will spend your life and they will sell your properties and go and sleep with women or men in different parts of the world. They will, they will, they will sell what you have lived for for 40 years and buy a car with it and go and crash it. 
Is that, is that what you want to do? Father, help us. Let's rise to our feet. I, please, you know what? I want you to read your Bible. Now, the problem with most of you is that you don't have good Bibles. And that is why the reading of the Bible is a problem. You don't have good Bibles. And I can tell you for a fact, if you don't have a good Bible, if you don't have a reader-friendly Bible, in other words, a Bible that explains to you what you don't understand on the same page or a page nearby, that's a reader-friendly Bible. If you don't have it, it makes it difficult to read the Bible, I can tell you, before you have started. You see, if you don't have a reader-friendly Bible, it is like setting up yourself to fail. Because it is difficult. Even me, after years of studying and reading the Bible, certain Bibles, when I take them, I can't read them. First of all, the print design, there's layout, the page layout itself. You see, remember that you are doing more of these things with your physical, your body doesn't, which doesn't want to do, your eyes, your flesh is against the spirit. So anything that will benefit the spirit, your flesh is against it. So when you like reading, you read with your eyes, your flesh, your body, you sit up. So if you do anything or you are reading something that is not friendly to it, doesn't overcome its limitations, before you realize you, have, you, are, you are asleep or you have thrown, the, you have thrown it away. So some of you, the Bibles you have is the only reason why you don't read it. Because when you are reading it, it doesn't encourage you. Do you get it? I see somebody's Bible here. Is it a Bible? Yes. <laughs> I hope it's the one for the bag. No, it's for the bag. Yes. Because if this is the Bible you have, if this is the Bible you have, I don't need, a, I don't need to be a prophet. Like this is the Bible you have to read. As like this is what I'm reading in the house for the next two hours. I don't need to be a prophet to know that you will never read this Bible. Because even me, even me that is standing here telling you how important the word of God and everything. If this is my Bible, trust me, I will not read more than five minutes. Have you seen a textbook that is like this before? No. <laughs> You see, Jesus told us that the children of this generation are wiser than the children of the kingdom. The children of this generation have realized that if you want somebody to read, you must present the material in a form and in a way that the person, the eye can enjoy reading it. Now, if you present me with this as a Bible to read, like to study, and I have to read three chapters, I can promise you I won't read it for more than five minutes. Oh, yeah. I won't read it for more than five minutes. Just the size of a Bible alone. And mind you, we printed these Bibles for ourselves. It's not demons who printed it for us. <laughs> it means that we are not. But she says this one is her reference Bible for the bag. The one that you just check. You need something around. But why don't you have an electronic one? Your eyes, okay. So I want us to pray, Lord, help us to give attention to reading. Because in reading, you find the knowledge that I wanted to talk about. Because I have found and learned so much knowledge from the word, how to relate, what, not to, what to fight against in my own life. The Bible says that the one who is able to control his spirit is mightier than the one who is able to take a city. In other words, as a person, you have to learn to control your anger. In fact, not control your spirit, I think it's anger. I think Matthew 16, 32 or so. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lord, I thank you for your word that encourages me, that exhorts me to give attention to reading I cannot neglect that which 
you have preciously given to me that which has come at a very high cost I cannot neglect its food and yet turn my back come asking you for your help help me Holy Spirit thank you Spirit of the living God help me Help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I need that help. I need that help. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Your word is everything to me. So help me. Help me overcome every obstacle. Help me overcome every lie in my mind. Stir in me a strong passion, a strong desire for your word. Help me, I pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Let me wake up with a strong desire for your word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. When you spoke, when your voice was heard, you said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Lord, he says to us, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Father, we want to hear this. Father, your word to us is hear ye him. Therefore, we're here to obey. Give us the grace to overcome every hindrance deceptions in our minds laziness in whatever form it is presented lord let us uncover it and rise up to study your word to devour it as we have been advised by your servant apostle paul we want to devour your word that we may walk with you as your power manifests in our lives. We know that in devouring your word, our lives shall bring forth your power because your word will accomplish that for which it is sent. It shall not return unto you void, just like the rain never returns without accomplishing its purpose. So your word in us would bring into our lives what our lives need. And we thank you that our souls shall be satisfied because your word is in us. For you have loved us with everlasting love and therefore you will give to our lives everything it needs on this earth. Everything it needs, O oh Lord, to justify your goodness. Our lives shall have it. The jobs, the business opportunities, the ability to be satisfied by what we have and be joyful for all that you have done for us. We shall have it, and we shall live it out in the fullest. Thank you, that Lord, even as we desire in our hearts to devour your word, you have already seen it. For you look at the heart and reward according to that which you see. Therefore, Lord, wipe away every tear wipe away every confusion give us peace from within that we may walk knowing that there is nothing to fear because the lord you god is our shepherd we thank you jesus for coming and revealing to us not only 
what we need to know by its implication in relation to heaven. That we will live our lives as people who walk in light and not in darkness. I break every demonic deception that operates in your life today. I ask and release the work of the Holy Spirit to mightily manifest in your life. By bringing light to every dark area, exposing demonic works, I break every generational case in the name of Jesus. And I set you free to be a new generation, a generation that loves God, a generation that is faithful to God. We thank you, Father, for answered prayer. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, maybe somebody invited you and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have heard and you can know when God is drawing you to Jesus. If you are here and you are not born again, lift up your hands. Let me pray with you that you give your life to Jesus. Lift it up high. Thank you. Let us pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for our lives. We thank you for stability that is coming our way. We thank you for new ways, better ways that will be fruitful in your kingdom. Thank you that we are overcoming every work of darkness in our workplaces. Thank you for giving us a peaceful home. Thank you for giving us a home that is loving. A home that when we enter, we give you praise. We bind every demonic attempt to intrude our homes. And we say, Lord, by your spirit, stay the work of the enemy. And let our homes be always under your covering. As we live peacefully, one with one another. Because your love is dominant. In that environment we give you praise we give you honor in jesus name amen. amen we believe you've been blessed by this message to stay connected follow our lci social media platform